Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Dan Rapport Stereo Podcast is sponsored by Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses is an award-winning sleep company. Time Magazine voted it one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper mattresses are the best mattresses out there. You could spend up to $2,000 on a king-size mattress, but at Casper, you get a king-size mattress that's so comfortable for only $950. They stand behind their mattresses so much that you could sleep on it, live on it, nap on it, do whatever you want for 100 days. If you do not like it, they will refund everything for free. They'll pick it up, they'll donate it or recycle it and give it away and do something that will be out of your hair. That's what you call satisfaction guarantee. Go to Casper.com, C-A-S-P-E-R.com. Use the promo code Rappaport. Get $50 off your first purchase at Casper Mattress. Now they have sheets. Now they have pillows. I sleep on Casper sheets. I sleep with Casper pillows. And I sleep like a king on my Casper mattress. I can't tell you how proud I am that the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast is sponsored by such a great company. And now there's other companies that they're that are biting, copycat companies. But Casper's the first one, the original one. Go to Casper.com and get yourself a mattress, get yourself some sheets, get yourself some pillows now. All right, this is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct. My name is Michael Rapport, aka the Gringo Mandingo, aka Mr. White Folks, aka White Mike. I'm I'm in here with my man G Monetti, G Moody. Yes. What's, Last name rhymes with duty. Yes. How you feeling, just uh, Mr. Monetti? Oh man, everything is good, man. Uh, the humidity has lowered in New York, uh, so I'm happy. Everything's good, bro. 
All right, good. So, 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 what we're gonna do on this uh, podcast is we're, we're gonna have a guest call in from a political columnist, uh, a person that's that's heavy in the political world. His name is Eli Lake. He's worked for the Daily Beast, CNN, C-SPAN. He's all up in there. We're gonna have him come on and try to explain some things to us. What the fuck is Brexit? What's the deal with D. Trump? Uh, um, some things like that. Um, and then me and Moody, we're going to do what we do. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Uh, people are now calling it a, a therapeutic podcast, uh, which I believe is true. That was never our intentions. But uh, I would say that this this podcast can be therapeutic, um, both physically and mental, uh, mentally uh, therapeutic. Um I want to give a shout out to, to some some you know we've gotten some fan you know we asked for reviews on on, on iTunes and and the people have uh, have answered uh, some some of the reviews on iTunes are, are, are they almost bring a tear to my eye uh, yeah so 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 flattering um, uh, uh, what was the one you were telling me about uh, G Monetti uh, the guy are you talking about the guy Chris yes Villano yes yeah uh, I read his thing he said uh he just got married. You know, and he said his wife is not spending any time at home and is basically treating him like shit. Those mm. were his words. Mm-hmm. You know, so he says she got the diamond ring and a big wedding and the real person came out. Ah. Oh. And uh, and he's been kind of depressed. But then he heard our, you know, the podcast and then his his mental state improved so much. So he, he was giving us thanks. And we want to say, hold your head. You got groomed and you got played because there's no reason you, that woman ain't supposed to be with you after marriage. She shouldn't be out and about doing all kind of foolishness. Yeah. And, and, and just so you know, uh, this doesn't just happen to men. Obviously, women get shitted on, too. So this particular guy w- was a man who reached out to us. So we're by no means saying that women ain't shit because a lot of right. guys ain't worth two full shit bags for my dog, Wheezy. But but this right. particular guy, his words and the way he articulated himself meant a lot. Um, and we appreciate that the podcast means something to you. Um, we've been down that road. I've been fucked uh, uh, um, and, and beaten down. And the only thing I can yes. say about being, being, having your heart broken, essentially it means you have your heart broken, um, is that it gets better over time. Uh, don't try to drink away your pain, uh, in the immortal words of Tupac. Don't try to smoke away uh, your pain. I think Tupac also talked about that. Um, uh, you know, you just got time. Time heals everything. Um, you might want to get yourself a side piece uh, in the meantime, because if, if your wife is out frolicking around, you might want to get yourself a little side piece. Um, the code word for a side piece is uh, macaroni and cheese, you know, because macaroni yes. and cheese is always a side piece. You could be like, oh, I want some steak and some macaroni and cheese. So you might want to get yourself some macaroni and cheese. Um, word. And, 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 but we appreciate the reviews and the support. Um Let's just jump into this. So, so last week uh, we talked about Derrick Rose uh, coming to New York uh, on the I Am Rapport Serial podcast, and we talked about how we love him and we think he's great. And you know, the big thing with Derrick Rose, everybody has said it. The consensus is out. It's the if. I don't. I'm not concerned about his effort. I know it's a contract year, so so the effort will definitely be there. I'm not concerned about his talent. It's the if he's healthy. The if he's healthy. Um, so we don't need to go into how we feel about the trade. I think it's a good trade. We got rid of Jose Calderon, um, yep. who didn't he come into the league when he was fifty six, or is that Pablo Pergioni? 
Uh, that's Prigioni. But get get rid of all these guys, man. He's garbage, yo. Right. We we got rid of P- P- Pablo Prigioni with the Clippers. We got rid of Cal- Calderon. Jerry and Grant, I think, has a future, but he needs to develop because he came into the league when he was like 15, uh, I believe. And it was I think the upside, the potential upside is better. Here's the deal with Derrick Rose. You you came to the press conference last week in front of the first time as a New York Nick in, in front of the New York the New York press for the first time as a New York Nick and you looked like shit, Duke. Yes. We saw yes. you and, and 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 let me tell you something. We've been through enough. We've been through the finger roll with Pat Ewing. We've been through the Bernard King injuries. We've been through the Reggie Miller. We've been through these Isaiah Thomas years. We've been through too much. Okay? We bring you here with some sliver and glimmer of hope, and you show up to the first press conference wearing a New York Knicks golf jersey and your hair looking like you, 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 you escaped a methadone clinic. How dare you? How dare you show up to a press conference with your shit beaten down, matted like a fucking sponge you wouldn't keep in your house? You look crazy, D-Rose, and we love you. I love you. I fuck with you, okay? But you look crazy, okay? So, so yeah. what we're offering to you is, is a gift certificate to Sam Gore, the barbershop on 145th Street, okay, up in Harlem. Yeah. First of all, you yes. little ingratiate yourself with the people of Harlem, people of New York City. Go up there and tell Sam Gore and them to fix your wig piece, Duke. Right. Coming to New York, being the point guard of the Knicks is, is, is a big thing, man. And when you step out there for press conference, you got to look sharp. Not like you rolled out of bed. Not like you came out of a homeless shelter. You look like I'm the point guard of the New York Knicks. Exactly. Walt Frazier, Mark Jackson, Earl the Pearl Rod Monroe. Strickland. There's, there's Rod Strickland. There's a long list of people that came before you. You're not in Chirac no more, my man. Yeah. Don't show no... up to the press conference in a fucked up New York Knicks golf shirt and your hair looking crazy, man. And you know what you're going to have to do? I think there's there's real damage. I don't think this guy's combed his hair since the offseason. He's going to have to get a bald head and start from scratch. He looked crazy. I felt like it was disrespectful for to the Knicks and to the New York City press. Like, D-Rose, D- I know you're not going to be Mr. Personality, and I don't care about that. You know, we, 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 I think you're a shy dude, and I have no problem with that. You, you, you let your game do the talking when you're not uh, 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 injured. I don't right. need Mr. Personality. I don't care about Mr. Personality. I don't care about Mr. Tongue-in-Cheek's jokes. I don't need any knock-knock jokes. But at least the first time you show up, show up looking halfway decent. You look fucking crazy, my man. You're not Yo. in Chirac anymore. You've already made it. You made $150 million with your contract with, with, with the Bulls and your contract with Adidas. It's not okay. Yo, shy, shy guys get ate up by the New York press. They get destroyed. So I hope we have he has some type of buffer to, to uh, between him and the press because if they're losing and he's on that mumbling, they're going to kill him, man. Do, do your impression of Derrick Rose. Uh, Derrick Rose, how does it feel to be a, a New York Knick? Uh, uh, 
Yeah, see, that's not going to work. But 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 for me, I'm cool with that. I don't care about any of that. Like, I, I know what I'm getting with D. Rose. We're not getting, like, I, I think probably Derrick Rose, when he hangs out with his people, he's a low-key, uh, 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 you know, shy dude. But but you just can't come looking buck full to the first press conference. This is not okay. And I yeah. don't know who your handlers are or who your people are, but but somebody should have pulled you aside and be like, nah, 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 nah. We need to get you yeah. a brush. We need to get you like like a knife and, and some scissors and cut this whole wig piece down. Yes. <laughs> um, um, my favorite player in the draft, uh, it was Buddy Heald. Um, now, I know this one other guard that I like. I can't remember his name right now. This day I'm Rapport Serial Podcast. You know we don't fact check. But Buddy Heald, I've always liked this kid from Oklahoma. Um, and he's from the Caribbean. The Caribbean Islands. Is it the Caribbean or the, the Caribbean Islands? Um, he got drafted by the New Orleans Hornets. First round. Really good shooter. I think, you know, there's something. Uh, I just like him. I feel like he, he, he wants to do well. Um, and he wants to, uh, you know, I think he wants to be great. That being said, wanting to be great and looking great are, are, are two different things. So, so Buddy Heald. Now, I feel like uh, uh, your teeth will work in your favor because I, I believe I said this before. This guy's got probably the best set of teeth in professional sports that I've ever seen. I feel like this guy can hypnotize you. He can lull defenders asleep with those choppers. They're yeah. so incredible. But him and Anthony Davis, the unibrow, what kind mm. of circus jabberjaw shit are they trying to pull in New Orleans? They both need to get like a full makeover. Right. They, they, they got the fucking jabberjaw twins down in New Orleans. Uh, 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 but 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 I, I don't know. I don't know if, if Buddy Hill's teeth should be fixed or they should just be, you know, put in like the Smithsonian Museum and, and like, you know, in a time capsule because they're so great. I mean, they're just incredible. But I feel like he has that accent and those teeth. I don't know what he was at. He was at the draft. I couldn't understand this fucking guy. I didn't know what he was saying. Like, I feel Damn. like the, the perimeter of his mouth. It doesn't matter how, how articulate he is or what he's saying. I think the perimeter, the front perimeter, those big teeth, they just, it's like, it's like a sound wave. It's like a sound barrier between, like, you just can't get any, any real, real <laughs> words out that are fully comprehensible. Oh, so, so he, sound, he, he sounds like you can't understand him? No, no, no. I'm exaggerating. I, I really like him. He 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 just has an accent. He's Caribbean, so he has a slight accent, and oh. then he's got these the, the the teeth of life. So so you could understand. I'm just breaking his balls. He he's a good kid. I really feel good about this kid. I I just I've always liked him, and I think that I don't know. I think he's I think he's going to be a really good NBA player. I, and I think that uh, New Orleans is 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 definitely upgraded himself by having him. I just think oh. he's a guy who could come in. He's a four year dude. I think he could come in and he'll average between. 14 and 17 points his, his rookie season, which is a lot more than some of these other draft picks who, you know, aren't even shaving their faces. Like Ben Simmons, I I, I don't know if he's going to be great or not. The other guy from Duke who who got picked in, in, in the, sec, uh, the second pick by the Lakers, I mean, this kid hasn't even he hasn't even went through a full puberty, and he's a wow. second-round pick. I mean, he, he looks great, too. All, 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 all things are saying that he'll be great, but he's the three-year project. I mean, this right. kid weighs about 197 pounds uh, in a wet pair of jeans and some Timberland boots. He, he's Damn. like so he, – but, but he's talented. But, like, you know, the thing that's different now with basketball is, like, these kids, you're not going to get a Magic Johnson or a Larry Bird or an Isaiah Thomas 
or or or, or LeBron James or you know the, you're just not, when you come in that young, the majority of these guys are, are just not going to come in and, and and immediately change a team. They're just too underdeveloped physically and and skill wise. It, it takes right. a minute. Um, so I think that although uh, you know like you know the, these guys that are four years that are a little bit older, a little bit you know more experienced, I think they have a better chance. Anyway, I, you know we're not you know the college basketball uh, twins over uh, here. At, I got one question. Oh, go ahead. So you, so what you're saying is you think Buddy Heald should get his furniture fixed? Yeah. Long story short, Buddy Heald, you should get out to LA and get your your whole front, your whole front game, get it looked at. We'll be right back with more. I am Rapport Stereo podcast. Are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Huh? You've been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or an adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time, and you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. No, 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 no. When you select one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so sensual, so far out that we can't even mention it on the podcast. Okay, and if I can't mention it, trust me, it's sensual. And to top it all off, they'll even throw in free shipping on their entire order. And no, they're not kidding. So check out adamandeve.com for this special offer today. Get 50% off one item when you type in the promo code BUCKWILD, B-U-C-K-W-I-L-D, for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use the offer code BUCKWILD at adamandeve.com. That's BUCKWILD at adamandeve.com. And trust me, you'll appreciate it. Yo, did you hear about uh, uh, this dumb fuck? Ha <laughs> You know who Tony Robbins is? Tony Robbins is? Yeah, motivational the mo- guy, right? The motivational speaker. He's he's like the OG motivational speaker. Tony Robbins. Yeah. You know, he, the, the Tony Robbins way and the Tony Robbins speaking. And, uh, you know, he's actually the guy uh, in Magnolia. Um, uh, uh, Tom Cruise, uh, one of the people who, who he sort of um, was inspired of his, of his great role in Magnolia, the film by Paul Thomas Anderson, was Tony Robbins. He's like iconic motivational speaker. And apparently he's like seven feet tall. If you ever checked him out, like, I never noticed how tall he was. And then I heard he was like six, nine. Like, he's like Steven Adams, like big motherfucker. And he's a motivational speaker, which I I should be giving him motivational speaking. Because if you're seven feet tall, Tony Robbins, why you ain't playing in the league? Number one. Like, who who is talking? Can you dunk? Because I don't want a motivational speaker who's six, nine that can't dunk. Or or at one time. Like, if you're six, nine, you should be able to dunk until you're about 65, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's just the way it is. So I don't know if this guy is for real or not, but, you know, if you're 6'9", why the fuck did you never play some competitive basketball, number one? Number two, Tony Robbins has these seminars, right? He's Mr. Motivational Speaker, right? And, yep. and, and, and apparently at one of his seminars last week, um, he has this thing where he tries to get his, his people that pay to come, they pay to be there. It's not free. He's a motivational speaker that you have to pay a lot of money to go get motivated by. So you know if you're you you got to be really fucked up in the game. If you have a lot of money, yet you still need a motivational speaker in your life. Right. That being said, he he has these conferences where it's like hundreds of people and like 30 people at this conference were injured badly, burned because Tony Robbins, you dumb fuck. He had these people walking on hot coals and 30 of these assholes wind up in the hospital from burns. Damn, he hustled you. 
That's some yeah, hustle, that, man. What kind of hu- that's like Cleo. You might as well call Cleo on, on the, 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 the astrology chick. You, how are you going to pay money to have to go to go get a motivational speaker that's going to then tell you to walk up? Listen, there's no shit you could. T- I'm not walking across no hot fucking coals. I don't care if Gandhi's telling me to do it, uh, if, you know, God himself. I know them shits are going to hurt, and I know Lord. they're going to burn my feet. So I don't know what he's telling these people, but they paid to see Damn. him. And then they and then they they burnt their shit up. Good for so, them. <laughs> Tony Robbins, you get the wig of please of the week. And, and and the people who would actually walk on fire thinking what? That your skin isn't gonna get burnt because of what? Because of right. what this fool told your ass? Right. You get you get double wig of please, whatever. <laughs> Yes, Chimonetti. That's a fucking first, man. They get double wiggle, please. You dumb fuck, you. You dumb fuck. You miserable cocksucker. You stupid motherfucker. You paid this asshole to have you walk across coals and you wind up in the emergency room with third degree burns. You dumb fuck. I could have told you that was going to happen, you cocksucker. What's the matter? You fucking don't know what to do with yourself. Your girlfriend left you. You got fired. Get a fucking job. That's my motivational talk, you dumb cocksucker, you. <laughs> you dumb fuck. That's the ILO motivational speaking. You dumb fuck. You think this asshole's going to help you when you walk across fire and your feet are melting? You stupid cocksucker, you. That's right. Perfect. Uh, thanks. Uh, it's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Uh, oh, my God, man. Yo, you heard about this thing in, in, in Scotland? Do, do you fuck with um, roller coasters in this, Monetti? Oh, no, man. Uh, the first one I went on in Coney Island, I almost fell out of the, the, the Thunderbolt in Coney Island, and I've never been, I have like a phobia about that shit now. Yeah, I don't. I don't mess with those things. The, the last time I went on one was I talked about this on the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast. Um, I think it was. Uh, I've talked about it a couple times, but I know the the the, the now infamous um, in the Legacy episode, the True Romance episode, when we were filming True Romance, that was the last time I went on a uh, roller coaster. My my sons, they go to Magic Mountain and they're wild for the night. Mm. They go on all that shit. All, like, the crazier, the better. Yeah. I don't go. Matter of fact, I've never even taken my kids to Magic Mountain. I've, I've, I've somehow missed that bullet. Other parents have taken them. Uh, their mom took them. This one took them. That one took them. I, I don't like those. I don't like the crowds. I don't like the heat. I don't like eating cotton candy. I don't like slushies. And I don't like roller coasters. But in Scotland, this is the reason why I don't like... Because, you know, you're always afraid that you're going to fall off the shit. Well, in right. Scotland... One of them shits derailed while people were on it. And, and 11 people were, were really injured. And, uh, 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 you know, uh, I don't think there was any deaths, thank God. But, but, I mean, this could happen anywhere. I don't think those things are safe. Um, and, and I don't know why people uh, enjoy them. My son, uh, he can't get enough. He can't get enough. He'll just keep going. He gets, he gets that pass where you can just keep going and going and going. And, 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 you know, he said one time he was scared. But other than that, he, he's good to go. Right. Never did, never, never got into that after I almost fell out in Coney Island. That was it. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't fuck with that. And, and the one at Coney Island, what kind of shitty thing is that thing? That, that thing's like was made in like the 20s. Fuck that. Oh, it's yeah. the oldest one in the world. Exactly. It's the oldest one in the world. <laughs> well, yeah, that's cool. No, 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 no. You're not missing. You're missing the point. It's the <laughs> oldest one in the world. You dumb fuck you. That, yeah. that means I really don't want to go to it. I, I definitely don't want to go on the oldest roller coaster uh, in the world. Um, what else is Papa Loppin', uh, Mr. Monetti? Um, I saw BT Awards. I saw one performance that, that left my jaw agape. Mm. Um, is this guy got the number one record in America, which doesn't say a lot about America. Mm. And... Uh, he was basically he basically had a fit in the aisles. Mm. So the cameras went to the great Brooklyn rapper uh, Fab Fabulous, mm-hmm. and he looked his face looked like he knew that hip hop was over. It's time to eulogize hip hop, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We we, we had a great run. Yeah. Uh, 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 so much. Greatness has come out of hip hop, um, and 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 there will be uh, there will continue to be uh, greatness. There's still people that are doing it, but overall, as a whole, uh, uh, either either we eulogize hip hop once and for all, or there needs to be another name for this other kind of music. That yeah. The reason why I can't understand you, and the reason why you're not letting me understand you, is because you're not saying shit. See, you, 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 you think you're rocking and you, you, you're tricking people into thinking that shit is, shit is sweet. But if I go, like, like I, I could create a rhythm that, that sounds like something. But you don't, want, you don't want me to know what you're saying because basically you're not saying anything. Yeah, so, right. And, so I say, God bless these people for doing their thing. I want them to do their thing. Be successful. Make money. Buy houses. Uh, take care of your family. All your dreams should come true. But we need to we need to separate what rap music is, what hip hop culture is, and what this other thing is. And the reality is, is I don't think it's up to hip hop and rap to have to articulate what you're doing. But it's up for you to not associate yourself or to be categorized. With the hip hop and the rap, right, the the, right. the 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 Diamond D's, the Gang Stars, the right. Tribe Called Quest, the De La Souls, the KRS Ones, the Eric B and Rakim's, the Ice Cubes, yeah, the Public Lord Enemy. Finesse, yeah, the the the, the Ice T's, the new edi- the the new edition, the NWAs, all the, the people the, that do it correct, the Talib Kweli's, the Most Defs, the Master Aces. You you should come up with like you're not doing that stuff. So why? Why don't you come up with another category? And then I think people like me and G Monetti and the other people that, that get their, 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 their feathers ruffled by the kabatapoo. Right. We'll be cool with it because it's like, okay, that's that kind of music. That's not really for me. Right. But, but, exactly. but, but it's two separate categories. So I'm going to hold off on the, the eulogy until they get their own category. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was ready for a funeral march. I have. I actually. Uh, uh, I know you. You know. I actually had the black suit ready, uh, and I was ready for the fucking. I was gonna get the bagpipes out and and, and get it popping. So let uh, them come. Let them come up with their own title since they don't really want to be connected with that. So y'all made your own shit. So you should call. It, shouldn't call it hip hop music. 
You and Gangstar are like night and day. You and right. Kwali, night and day. Exactly. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Um, coming live in the wreck. These are G Monetti beats right here. Funky. Yes. Banging. I mean, if anybody wants to get on one of these beats right here, what's the name of this shit right here, G Monetti? Oh, this is that skillet. Ooh. Ooh. If anybody wants to get on this skillet beat, feel free. Um, where can you find the G Monetti beats, uh, uh, Mr. Monetti? Um, SoundCloud. Just type in Moody Beats and you'll see mm. me and the Gringo Man Dingo. Yes. And then you'll know. You'll know. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, y'all. Um, what else is cracking, G-Mo? We got a, uh, uh, I think this guy, yeah, this is a sick fuck of the week, man. Oh, shit. This award is earned, not given. It's called the sick fuck of the week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What? Sick fuck. The sick fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did. What? No. 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 Doctor in Mount Sinai Hospital in New York was was caught skeeting on a patient's oh. face after giving her a sedative. Ah. Oh. You sick fuck you. Where, 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 where was this? New York, Mount Sinai Hospital. You Dr. know, I, Dick- I used to be treated at Mount Sinai. I had my, my pediatrician when I was a kid till I was like 14. Uh, and then I had to go to another doctor the first time I caught a, a, a gonorrhea. Um, I went to another doctor because I was too shameful to 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 to, meet, to be with my doctor, Doctor Gribbets. Um, <laughs> um, that was my doctor, Doctor Gribbets. I mean, you talk about a dinosaur Jew. They don't make Jews like the great Doctor Doctor Gribbets. He's the one who delivered me and brought me into the world. But when I was a teenager, you know, you start to have other things. I didn't want him because he used to say, "Let me see your pee pee." It was super Jewish shit. I, I don't want you know when you once you get your you know once you get developed and, and, and you got hair on your your nuts and you're 14, 15, 13, I don't know. I, I was a late bloomer in that era, you know what I mean? I I I, I didn't get like a hairy loaf until I was about thirteen and a half. Some right. some kids, you know, ten, they they got a fucking a mountain dick and, and fully full bush. I, I wasn't that guy. I, I but 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 when you like he would always think, let me see your pee pee. That's cool when I'm nine. Okay, but now I got, I'm working with something here, Doc. Treat me with some <laughs> dignity. You know what I mean? Seriously, treat me with some fucking dignity. And, and, and you know, I, I, this isn't a pee-pee anymore. This is a, a, full, a fully formed loaf, my man. So, so when I got that drip, when I was uh, about, actually it was when I was 16, um, or I, I, I knew I had something wrong because uh, I, I told the story before. I was at basketball practice, and, and it felt like I was pissing myself. And then when I went into the bathroom, I saw I had a I don't want to be too graphic, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just, I don't even know how I got on this. Anyway, I don't know either. I Dr. Have no David idea, Newman. So David Mount- Newman is the sick uh, fuck uh, of the week. Yes. Congratulations. Uh, so is he get, did he get arrested? Yeah, he's in court. He gave her propofol, the same shit that Michael Jackson was using, and uh, that's when he went to town. Mm. 
Skeeted. He skeeted? Yeah. It was, oh. on, it was on a cheek. Oh. Can you imagine? So, you know, oh, my God. That's your Jesus doctor. Jesus Christ. Oh, that's, that's, you know, I think about that. You know, I, I, I get these colonoscopies once a year, and, and I get put out. Imagine if, 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 if I wake up from my colonoscopy, and, and my Indian doctor, I see him over me. I would, I would, I would, I don't know what I would do. You, you'd oh, like man. to think you'd, you'd, you'd wake up and kill him, but who knows how you re- would react. Right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you come back from that. That's, a, that's just terrible. I'll choke him out. Huh? I'll choke him out if I wake up and see him over me like that. I'll come, oh. I'll come to my consciousness really quick and grab his ass. Yeah. Sick fuck. Dr. Newman, you're a sick fuck, you. Word. All right. I told you once. I told you twice. We're going on tour. The I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. For all information, go to IamRapportTour.com. July 28th, 2016. Cedar Cultural Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. July 28th. July 29th. We're going to be in Milwaukee. Turner Hall Ballroom in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And July 31st at Lincoln Hall in Chicago, Illinois. That's Lincoln Hall in Chicago, Illinois. All information for our tour, which is going to be a worldwide kick-ass tour, is at IamRapportTour.com. All right. This is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. So, <clears throat> we like to know what's going on. And and, and the reality of, of, of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, and I believe most people in the world, and I say this with all due respect because I'm one of them, most people in the world are uninformed and don't have a fucking clue what's going on in the world politically. Uh, w- would you agree with this, uh, Mr. Moody? I agree, totally. I- I've always felt frustrated by uh, feeling out of the loop, not knowing what's going on uh, in the political space, um, especially as you get older and you're paying taxes and you just get a little bit more conscience uh, about these things. Um, for instance, this whole Brexit thing, I have no fucking idea what the fuck happened in London last week. London. Uh, England uh, uh, um, with this Brexit thing. Um, you know, there was a, a sit-in at Congress. I believe it was at Congress. So anyway, we're introducing our new political columnist, Mr. Eli Lake. Okay, and we'll let him explain who he is, but basically... He's been a, a national security correspondent for the Daily Beast and Newsweek. All right. He, he's now a columnist for the Bloomberg View. He's done shit on CNN, Fox, C-SPAN. He's a big fucking political dude. And so now, whether he likes it or not, he's officially the unofficial political columnist for the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. So uh, we're going to call Eli Lake now to get some answers to some questions and find out really just what's going on in, in, in the world, in the United States, what's up with uh, uh, D. Trump, uh, uh, and find out the chances of him. Um, so we're, we're calling up uh, uh, the, the, the brilliant Eli Lake now. Hello? Eli. Let's do it. Thanks for joining us uh, at the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Um, you've worked for for uh, some really prestigious, uh, you know, organizations: CNN, C-SPAN, uh, uh, with Newsweek, and now you're anointed the unofficial official I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast political columnist. So, congratulations on that. It is an honor and a privilege. <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're we're happy to have you. So, so basically. Um, 
this is how I feel about politics. I feel completely uninformed, and unlike uh, the, 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 the last 25 years of my life, I, I try to know what's going on. But I feel like the way that <clears throat> the news is articulated to, to, to Joe Schmo, like myself, and to probably a, a lot of people, it, it's, like, it's like you have to sort of, you have to dig so deep and it still gets convoluted to just find out the basic things that are going on in the world. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like this, this whole thing last week with Brexit. Let's start with Brexit because that's the thing. Yeah. What the fuck is Brexit? Number one. Number two. Did that term just get invented last week? And number three. What's up with uh, Boris Johnson's hair? So those are three straight up questions <laughs> that I, I just like you to help to, to help inform me and, and the listeners of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, Eli. So let's start off with Brexit. Brexit just means that there was a referendum in the United Kingdom, and they voted to no longer be part of the European Union, which is really an economic kind of political union. It means that if you're a British citizen, you can work in Romania, and you don't have to go through a lot of paperwork. It means that instead of negotiating a trade agreement between the United Kingdom and, say, France, and then a separate one with Germany, there's a common kind of trade agreement. But there is also a kind of, there's clearly a resentment. A majority of people who voted in that referendum felt that there was too much control that was exercised by uh, Brussels, where the European Union is based. Wait, wait, and wait, so wait. And they decided see, to see, leave see, the union. Wait, see, this is where things get sketchy right off the top. What the fuck is a referendum? I'm sorry. I, I, listen, I, I'm a product of, of the, the, the New York City public school education system. Maybe I failed it or it failed me, but that's neither here nor there. What is, no, no, don't worry about it. What is a referendum? No, no, no. A referendum is just an election, but instead of voting for a person into office, you're voting yes or no on a particular issue. Like California has on the ballot various propositions every year. It's the same kind of thing. That's all that is. Got it. Got it. See, that makes sense. That's real basic. I could wrap my head around that. Moody, are you able to follow Mr. Lake? Yes, let him finish, my friend. Okay, I'm just, but I just wanted to, because when he said referendum, he said it twice. The first time he said it, I, I was already gone. And I know you didn't know what the fuck he meant, G. Did you know what he meant by referendum? No, that's why I'm listening. Let him go. Okay. No, no, it's, 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 it's okay, because I get paid full-time to follow this kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like I wouldn't know the intricacies of a script that you were doing or, you know, something you were working on, Gerald Moody, in terms of a beat or something like that. It's like I, I have the privilege to cover this full time, so you know we all sort of have our role. So I don't, I don't look at it that way. Okay. But back to the to Brexit, that was something I think that that newspaper people kind of came up with. It just means British exit, and I, that's been going on for about a month, month and a half or so. You've seen it in a lot of news stories, and that's how, that's all that means: the British exit. Okay. And the people, the people who voted, you know, to leave, they said they were part of the Leave camp, and then you know that, and 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 they ended up winning. And it's a huge deal, both in terms of the fact that it's going to mean a lot of new agreements that the United Kingdom is going to have to sign with all of the other countries in Europe, but it's already meant that the Prime Minister, David Cameron, has had to resign, and there's a chance, at least, that there could be another referendum or vote for Scotland to leave the United Kingdom, uh, which would break up, uh, you know, the British Isles. And uh, finally... You know, some people are saying this could be um, a sign that 
the country, our country, and America might be, there's a populist sentiment, you know, that's kind of taking over in the West and that people will go for Trump. I don't think that's the case, but, you know, that is, that's, that's sort of how people are interpreting all right, this this makes sense. I'm following you. We're gonna get to D. Trump in in, in a minute. Um, uh, now, 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 Boris Johnson. Who the fuck is he? And and how is he taken seriously with that hair? And and, and more importantly, do you think? Because just just from what I've seen about Boris Johnson, do you think he has breath that smells like fried fish and mayonnaise? These are all real <laughs> simple questions. <laughs> That's hilarious. It does seem like he's a pumpkin head, doesn't it? I mean, it looks like he looks like Donald Trump. He looks crazy. Well, here's the thing about Boris Johnson. He used to have my job. He used to be a political columnist. He wrote a, a book that got pretty good reviews about Winston Churchill. Mm. And, you know, he was a Tory. He's on, the, he's on the right. He's a Tory politician. He was the mayor of London. But he was somebody who was kind of considered an intellectual. And so other intellectuals and writers were very disappointed in him because he supported uh, the United Kingdom leaving the European Union, and he was one of the leaders of that campaign. And now, after Cameron has resigned, he's considered to be the favorite for now to be the next leader of the United Kingdom, the next prime minister. Now, now my stocks went in the shitter on Friday, okay? Everybody's stocks went in the shitter on Friday. Now, I have long-term stocks. But but I, as you as you may or may not know, I have a lot of issues with my stool. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to develop. <laughs> yeah, I know. A... I, I listen to the podcast. Okay, <laughs> so so obviously when I find out that that, that the stocks went in, the, in the, down the drain on Friday, my stool it didn't have a good weekend. It, it, what are the long term ramifications for Americans, or are there any, or, or or is it the unknown with this Brexit situation? And and then I want to throw this out. You could answer this afterwards. Is it true? I mean, I, I I heard about this on the news that after the day after the vote, all these 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 British people voted. The the most googled thing from London and from England was EU. What is EU? So essentially, these people voted. It would be like voting on like I want a hot dog, and then the, and they said yes, uh, we want hot dogs. And then the next day, everybody was like, what's a hot dog? <laughs> it's true that a lot of people probably didn't know fully what they were voting for. And the one of the big issues was immigration. And the EU vote doesn't really have to do with the with the UK policy on immigration. So those two things probably got inflated in the minds of a lot of voters. They didn't know exactly. They sort of thought it was all part of the same issue. Um, the long-term ramifications... Listen, I could tell you that I have some smart, you know, take, but I would say that one of the reasons I love your podcast is because the experts and the journalists have been so wrong in the last few years. Look at how they were dismissing Donald Trump in the U.S. So I don't I don't want to get ahead of it. I mean, I think that right now the obvious point is that the, the United Kingdom is one of the is probably the closest ally the United States has, period. Now, when it comes to military and national security and intelligence stuff, the relationship, and it doesn't affect that because there's something called NATO, which is the major alliance. And Britain's still going to be part of that. And But on the issues of sort of trade issues and increasingly economic pressure on countries like Iran or Russia, not having the United Kingdom in the European Union could mean that Europe, the, European, the Europeans are, are not going to be going along with the United States when we won the sanction mm. Vladimir Putin or something like that, we'll have to see how it plays out because the British often a voice for U.S. interests inside 
of the European Union. They were our strongest friend there, you could say. All right, I'm following you. I'm following you. And listen, you can never, ever dumb it down enough for me or G. Monetti and the I Am Rapport yes. Stereo Podcast. So, so never think that you're like uh, being offensive if you really break it down. Because I'll say right now, I would like you to talk to me like you're talking to an 11-year-old. But if you get a little too highfalutin and fancy, I'm going to dumb it down to a seven-year-old. So just start right, at 11, right. and, and if you get, you, you know, if things get away from me, I'm going to say, talk, act like you're talking to a, sl- a seven-year-old with a, maybe a slight learning disability. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 right. G, G Monetti, do you have any questions on on the Brexit thing for 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 Mr. Lake? No, I was wanting to talk about Donald Trump. Yeah, let's let's I get into compliment it. Compliment you guys on Donald Trump. How so? So, so I think the people who are the most political experts in the media didn't see something that people with, who, were, who didn't have, like, their careers wrapped up in it and had more distance from it could see immediately. And I'm thinking of a specific episode. It was one of the first times you were on, Moody, where mm-hmm. you guys had compared Trump at the debate, I think, to Nino Brown of New, New Jack City in the sort of talking to the other drug dealers and letting them know that this is going to be my corners from now on. And that was probably the, that informed people more than like all the bullshit that you would hear from lots of inside Washington, you know, insider types who would say, no, 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 there's an establishment lane. He can't raise enough money. He's not going to, it's not going to last. It's a fad. All that, they got it completely wrong. And he ran the table on the Republicans. And I think, you guys really were the first to, to kind of go out there with that. And I thought that D. Trump, the way you were talking about him like that, it was so appropriate. I, it really stuck, at least for me, as I was looking at this stuff. Well, f- well first of all, uh, 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 that goes gives credit to uh, the 2015 podcast co-host of the year, G. Monetti. Um, yes, he's been he's been the one pumping that, and and I I laughed him out of the the gloom tomb when he first said that Trump would be elected. Um, I I thought it was totally crazy and and off the wall, and and look who's laughing now. Look who's laughing now. Uh, yet again, uh, G Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. Um, yes. So 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 Eli, here's my question: Has Donald Trump articulated a foreign policy? Ah. Uh. No, he has contradicted himself many times on foreign policy, and it's not clear what he would do because he has been on both sides of a lot of very important issues. The one thing we know is that he's way too close to Vladimir Putin for most politicians in Washington, and his top political advisor who he brought in, a guy named Paul Manafort, took lots and lots of money from oligarchs who are clearly connected to Vladimir Putin. And mm. in my, I've written about this, but in my view, that should be disqualifying. And we know that he has said this idea of America first, which sounds good, but we should remember that that is the same slogan that uh, Charles Lindbergh used before World War II to keep America from fighting the Nazis and was associated for decades in American political discourse with the idea of, you know, a kind of paranoid view that Jews and British people were really pulling the strings of uh, the U.S. government. And he sort of brought it back. Lots of people, myself included, said, you use this phrase, America first, here's the origins of it, and he does it anyway, he says it all the time. Mm. Uh, So there's a lot of reasons to be very concerned with that. Yeah. 
What do you think the chances of Donald Trump actually winning the presidency? Like, you, you, you work for Bloomberg. Like, you, you, when you're hanging out with Bloomberg, you guys are in the bathroom. Like, you, you must share a bathroom with, 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 with the Michael Bloomberg. You're in there taking a leak. You ever say, hey, hey Mike, wh- what do you know about this guy? Like, you ever get that First kind of information? Well, I, I, I don't. I don't hang out with Michael Bloomberg. I want to make that very clear. Okay, so wait a minute. You've never taken a piss. Like, you're, you're walking around the Bloomberg offices. You guys are in there. You're two men. You got your loaves out. You're taking a leak. This doesn't happen? Am, 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 I, am I totally? This doesn't happen? <laughs> oh, sorry, you're cracking me up. Listen, do, on the on the question of is Donald Trump going to win? I mean, at this point, he has first of all, he's doubled down on crazy, so he continues to so the so his core fans think he's he's keeping it super real, but it's like that Dave Chappelle sketch mm. when keeping it real goes wrong, right? Because. He hasn't broadened it out to build a coalition that any expert would say uh, could win a national election. What's more, when people were doubting Trump in the primary like a year ago, eight months ago, he was leading in a lot of these polls. And now he's not leading nationally. He's not the latest polls come out. He's not leading in battleground states. So the polls have been correct. And that's why I think that uh, he's not going to win. But I will tell you this. I think that, broadly speaking, the media, and particularly CNN, has an interest in making the race appear as close as it is, as it can be, because that's the way you get ratings, if people think it's in doubt. And I think that, to a degree, Hillary wants it to appear close, too, so she can get her people out to vote against Trump, because I think that he brings out, you know, people voting against him as well as people voting for him. So, so do you think that the media actually articulates that stuff, like, like as a, in, in terms of, like, heightens the drama? So, so it, was that true what you said for the ratings and stuff like that? That's a real thing, right? Because, I mean, you know, we look at these shows and we, we take them all for God's word, but, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a television network that has to pay bills. They have commercial ads and all that stuff. So, so you think that that's a real thing when it comes to political television? Well, I think that these news, I think that news people cover the news, and Donald Trump is definitely a news story, but I also think that it's, it's not that, 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 that making, that kind of making it seem like, all right, you know, it's a contest and covering it like it's a close race is also good for ratings. The two things are not necessarily mutually exclusive, but I, I think at this point, you know, I think he's going to get blown out. That's what I think. You know, I'm not in the prediction business, but I think he's going to get blown out. I just think there's too many Americans that are not only horrified by him, but really feel like a kind of civic duty to vote against him. Right. And, like, that's going to—I think that's going to prevail. It's kind of an optimistic view in a way, but that's that's how I see it. And what what is the what is the woman? Uh, I, I whenever I think of females in politics, I always love the name Barbara Boxer. Now now today, Hillary Clinton uh, was was uh, uh, sort of uh, giving an audition to uh, what's her name Elizabeth. Elizabeth Warren, yeah. Elizabeth Warren. Now, do you think uh, that it's a real possibility that an all-female cabinet would actually— do you think that Hillary would actually run with Elizabeth Warren? And what is what is the strengths of her? Because I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know jack shit about her. Now, the hipsters and everybody, they do, and I know it's the politically correct thing to say I do, and I don't know if she's fantastic or not. I just don't know anything. And 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 I'm proud to say I don't know anything, and that's why we have uh, uh, the unofficial official political— 
political columnist on here to educate <laughs> us. So, so hey, what is her story, and why is she so coveted and, and revered uh, by the people these days? Well, she's revered by as many liberals because she's somebody who's been outspoken uh, for actually trying to punish some of the Wall Street types who got everybody into the horrible, you know, Great Recession. Right. They fucked me too, Eli. The housing market. So that's how she made her name. And that's something that for, you know, a generation or two, Clinton Democrats. I mean, remember, Clinton was a Democrat who won in 92 with the message that he was going to be more centrist, right? He was in favor of the death penalty, and he, you know, wanted to end welfare as we know it. And, you know, the, the party in the country, I think, has really shifted more to the left, and Elizabeth Warren is that kind of Democrat. Hillary, of course, is so connected to Clinton, and she's tried to sort of run more as a progressive, but as we saw with the, you know, popularity of Bernie Sanders, it didn't really didn't really stick with a lot of the voters. Mm-hmm. So Elizabeth Warren is a way to kind of bring that together, bring the party together. Got you. I got you. I got mm-hmm. you. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. And then, and then, at G Monetti, do do you have anything, uh, anything you more you want to follow up with D Trump? Oh uh, no, D Trump. Uh, Eli really uh, solidified everything for me, and uh, I have no more questions. I like to listen to Eli talk. See, I listen. Okay, I'm listening too, Gerald. I'm, I'm listening also. <laughs> I, anyway, I love I love you guys. I think you guys have such a great. I like the, the the concept of we don't fact check. If you think about it, that has been a dominant theme of our political cycle, right? Yep. Donald Trump just said stuff. He doesn't fact check. Nope. Yep. And trust me, <laughs> my like lawyers are going to reach out to him early. Yep. But don't worry, he, 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 he trust me, my, he's going to get a look, because we, we, we've, we've copywritten ain't no fact-checking, okay? And, and, and <laughs> anybody who says it, they'll get charged, possibly sued. And, you know, uh, I'm not scared of it to take anybody down. All right, so, so finally, this, this sit-in last week, there was a sit-in over the gun control, which I firmly believe, you know, I got to tell you something, Eli. I'm trying, I moved into a new neighborhood, right? And, 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 and there's, a, there's like a little parking, uh, there's a driveway, Okay, and then on the street, everybody needs parking passes. So if I had you come over um, and G Monetti come over, and we were having a little barbecue, and we were doing a live I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, you would have to move your car unless I had a parking pass for you. I also, right. I also, am the owner of a handgun. I'm saying this for the first time uh, publicly. Legally, I, I, I legally own a handgun. It took me. Fucking! It was it was no sweat to get the handgun, yet to get the parking pass that only lasts for four months. I I, I it's taken me over five weeks already. It, I can't do it. It's the biggest fucking pain in the ass to get these parking passes that only last five four months. Yet you can get a handgun, it just as easy as you can. Uh, you could go get a Big Mac and some French fries. So you know I I, I firmly believe that if you're on any sort of fly list, no fly list, uh, you you haven't paid parking tickets, uh, you owe somebody fifty bucks at the TSA, you shouldn't be able to get a gun. I don't give a two shits. And 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 if and when you get off that list, then you can get a gun, motherfucker. But but this whole thing about like you could just get a gun easier than you can f- to get a parking pass, I think is is horrible. It's dangerous, and and we're all seeing the ramifications. So last week with this sit-in, is is that what the gist of was was this about? Basically, Michael Rapport can't get a, a parking pass, but he could get a handgun anytime he wants. I hear what you're saying, but with all due respect, I think that 
the way they've framed it, it sounds good. Of course, if you're on a terror watch list, people immediately think, of course you shouldn't buy a gun, but the government is so inefficient with who they place on terror watch lists that it's included a number of journalists who I know who cover terrorism issues. Mm. It's too big, the terror watch list. The Intercept has done some pretty good reporting on this. And That's interesting. Then, so I agree with you that it's too easy to buy a gun, and there should be much stricter background checks. But the way they propose it is not a particularly good way. And the other point I would just make is that, you know, the tactic of sit-ins is a classic kind of nonviolent uh, act of civil resistance. And I'm, in, you know, that's a, that's a perfectly fine way to do it. But when you are a member of Congress, you have other means available to pursue your agenda. So in that respect, I think it was good. It was a good publicity stunt. Mm. But. It, it, it's not like you know. Let's be let's be real for a minute. This isn't like they're chaining themselves to a nuclear reactor. These are people who can vote in Congress. They have power, even though they're in the minority right now. They're probably going to be in the majority after the election. Um, so the things they can do uh, besides the sit-in, but you know, I feel like it raised a lot of awareness and probably in that sense of good. Do you think that it'll ever, like, this gun control thing will ever be sort of evened out? Or is it, like, this ironclad uh, constitutional shit that obviously needs a rewrite? We need to call Aaron Sorkin or somebody, Spielberg. Somebody needs to rewrite this fucking thing once and for all. It's 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 a joke. Uh, uh, do you think this gun control thing will ever be worked out? Or is this just going to be continue to just be the, the great white American way? Well, there have been like some gun control measures they but it's the problem is the NRA is such a powerful lobby and the member it's really a, it's a, the members the people who are really into guns it's like, here's the thing and i get this i having covering washington right if you can get the most people but they don't give a shit about something it doesn't really it's not really going to change things what you need to do is you need to get if you only have a few people but they're obsessed with it and it's all they talk about it's all they do and they watch every little move, that is extremely powerful. And that's what the NRA has. Um, it's not like they have a majority of Americans who agree with them, mm-hmm. but the Americans they have are so invested in the issue, and the other side has not been equally intense about it. And until you get the other side that's watching just as closely every little regulation and everything like that, then I think it's gonna. They're still. They're gonna be able to kind of have the situation we do. We do have right now. All right. All right. All right. So. So. All right. Well, I appreciate all this insight, Eli. So let me ask you a question. Be, being a young, uh, you know, viral. Uh, is it viral? Vile. Viral. Uh, I don't know what the fuck. Viral. Viral. There you go. <laughs> Uh, you're you're down in Washington. You're a world traveler. I, I imagine you have a, a passport that is stamped uh, with all sorts of, you know, you've been here, you've been Somalia, Israel, all over the place. Countries I can't pronounce uh, and countries I don't even know about. All the hidden countries, which I know they exist, okay? And, and you know, trust me, I'm on to that. But when you're in Washington, like, well, what's the social life down there? Like, we got a lot of, you know, like, we got a little, uh, what, what, what's going on down there? Like, is there a lot of cigars? And, like, what are we doing? You know what I'm well, saying? Well, there is Cigars. that scene. That's a good question. There, there is, there's definitely, um, you know, kind of socializing uh, between reporters and their sources and members of Congress, and that happens. But there's also, like, a normal kind of party scene. Uh, D.C. has its own indigenous music called Go-Go. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you ever listen to that, you, should, you have to see it live, mm-hmm. but it's unbelievable. Um, 
you know, I mean, I'm not really into. I'm a, I'm from Philadelphia, so I'm an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. But you know, people love the Redskins down here. But it's like any other industry. You know, you have journalists have parties and stuff. People come over and that kind of thing. So, so at times, the journalists they get together and and and, and people are freaking off and unfolding the low. You don't have to confirm or deny that. I'm just saying it. <laughs> I, I read between the lines. <laughs> All right, Eli, listen. Uh, I, I appreciate uh, you, you joining us. I would love to have you back. It's very informative, uh, yes. you know, and you broke it down in, in, in layman's terms. Um, you know, uh, I, I, your, your name, Eli, every time I say Eli, I feel like uh, I have to say it the way Eric B, Eric B said it to, uh, on the Eric B and Rakim. Yo, Eli, oh, cut the bass out and let the B keep on rocking. So so yes. I, I just wanted to say that to you. Uh, we would love to have you back on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Oh, I love it. I love you. You guys do such a great job. Moody. He has to come back. Great to meet you on the air. Yes, man. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, Eli. I'll talk to you soon, my man. All right. This is the Iron Rapport Podcast, and we'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Yo, just so you know, all soft-ass I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast t-shirts are available at districtlines forward slash IamRapport.com. The newest uh, addition to the t-shirt uh, uh, collection is the Hard Body Karate t-shirt, uh, which a lot of people are buying. Um, it's soft as shit, although it says Hard Body Karate. Um, I don't know. We're going on the live tour, as we told you earlier. The, the yep. tour is going to be fantastic. I cannot wait to hit the Midwest. Um what else? I, I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I found this clip of, of, of me doing Chris Bouchard, ESPN uh, reporter, uh, uh, that I had done. I did Chris Bouchard for Chris Bouchard. Mm. Uh, and, and, and I love Chris Bouchard because he's always referencing his sources. His sources have told him that KD... <laughs> is looking to do commercials for KFC. My sources have also confirmed that Field Jackson has been in Idaho doing peyote like it's 1969. <laughs> sources are saying that he's actually sending smoke signals to LeBron James and his people to see about making one more push for him to come to New York. As soon as my sources confirm or deconfirm what Boogie Cousins is doing, I'll make sure to give you the 411111. This is Chris. <laughs> I love, fucking love Chris Bouchard. Yo, Chris Bouchard is that dude, man. He's I great. love. Yo, we love. We got to get him on the podcast. He's got one of the best voices in all of sports. Like his presentation is bar Absolutely. none. Um. All right. This is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Oh. Oh. Wait. Send wait. It. Wait. You remember that no good judge that gave that Stanford uh, rapist only six months? Yes. He gave. A stiffer and a harsher sentence to an immigrant for the same thing. He gave her, he gave him three years. You, he's a no good judge. Yo, they they trying to remove this guy from the bench. Just get him down, get him out, lock him up, and break out the Wonder Bread bags. Get, get rid of him. All right, it's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Just keep sending the tweets, keep sending the Instagrams, keep the support. We appreciate it. Uh, uh, we do it for the people. Um, spread the word, and we'll, hopefully, we're coming to a city near you. This is the Gringo Man Dingo, uh, uh, aka Michael Rapport, uh, and my partner G Monetti, aka yes. Gerald Moody. 
who doesn't have a middle name. I don't know if people, let's see, I see the, 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 the hard body karate listeners, they know that. Uh, but Gerald Moody, 2015 podcast co-host of the year, does not have a middle name. Fact. Nope. That's a fact. Um, other than that, uh, we're out. 